0: Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 375 on Tuesday, the 5th of January 2021. Hello, I'm Alan.
1: Hello, I'm Andrew. And in a week where we haven't joined the chorus of cheers for not hitting a target that is two years late, we'll be asking just how deep are VW's pockets. We'll be wondering at the decision-making process of one car company, and we find out which car makes you irresistible. But first we have some follow up and alas our ever present companion on the motoring podcast
0: are you channeling the spirit of terry wogan tonight yes, by the way
1: i'm I, for some reason I'm, i've approached this quite chilled out i have no yeah. idea why because it's not been that sort of day at all <laughs> maybe i've just exhausted myself but we're going to talk about volkswagen and a dieselgate and this is actually quite big news And that is that the European Court of Justice has ruled, and this is the ultimate court in Europe, by the way, there's nowhere further up to go, but they have declared that Volkswagen did in fact break the law by fitting a defeat device to their diesel engines. Now, this means, combined with uh, another case that came through the courts in August, I think it was last year, that consumers are allowed to sue Volkswagen in the countries they bought the cars in, as opposed to Volkswagen claiming, oh, you have to come to Germany to do that. Mm -hmm. This seems to open the, probably, floodgates for litigation from, probably, class action groups, because it's just going to be easier that way, of people seeking compensation for being sold a car they feel was not what was advertised
0: yes which leads on to there's another story also from a car dealer magazine and it's sort of byline is that mercedes-benz has been put further on the back foot over emissions fraud claims following a top european court ruling now the top european court ruling is the one Andrew's just discussed the thing is the people who are saying that mercedes-benz are on the back foot are the lawyers uh, who are bringing class action suits against mercedes-benz
1: have you seen the number of adverts for this though
0: i have had to block it on instagram
1: it's all over youtube now as well i'm getting video adverts on youtube saying "Have you own a mercedes between this time and this time well potentially you could possibly it's
0: 1991
1: no unfortunately not
0: no no No. okay but the (laughs) but no no i I don't see those because i don't see adverts on youtube okay it drove me so crazy. I forked out for the premium version of YouTube so that I'm still supporting people I like and care mm-hmm. about and want to give money to. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I had to block them on on Twitter because because the motoring yeah motoring podcast Twitter screen because we talked so much about Dieselgate and stuff and it comes up so often uh, in our in our tweets. Then yeah. uh, then it it just it was unbelievable. It was ridiculous.
1: The algorithms have read the wrong stuff they yes. have presumed we yeah. are interesting <laughs> or interested sorry we are always interesting but they presumed we are interested in dieselgate and that such
0: can you tell we've got withdrawal symptoms <laughs> this is what happens at the first show of the year when we've not done this for two or three weeks <laughs> anyway people who have other people interested in them carlos Gone.
1: yes carlos Gone is going to be interviewed by french investigators over a couple of cases that are ongoing in france which has prompted Mr. Gone to ask, well, if the French are coming here to interview me, why aren't the Japanese investigators? Is it because, and he he feels that this adds further weight to his claims that the allegations against him are baseless, mm-hmm. because he's, he's asked for the charges to be sent to him uh, and the evidence, which into Lebanon, but that's the Japanese authorities have refused to do that as well. Well, sorry, no, it's to the Lebanese authorities, not to Carlos Ghosn himself, but the Lebanese authorities have asked the Japanese to send them the charges, but they have not. So again, he goes, well, look, it can't be real stuff if they're not prepared to send it or come and visit me and interview me when I'm not locked up and interviewed 24 hours a day for several days on the trot, et cetera, et cetera.
0: <laughs> yeah, I-, I think this is... I don't know. It, 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 at the minute, I don't think it's worth any more time. But this is a forever story, isn't it? Yes. I always feel it's a nice light relief compared to Dieselgate. It, it, it,
1: it, this is nice theatre at this point, isn't it? For him, it's nice theatre because he's untouchable unless they break international law by coming and whisking him back in the middle of the night and you know. destroying many treaties.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which was probably not not worth that. But no. yeah.
1: Tell us some good news about some older Mazdas.
0: Well, yeah, if you have a second or third generation Mazda RX-7. That's the Ingram. Yeah, which are very <laughs> cool cars to have, especially the third gen, in, in between all the, the fun Mazda rotary challenges. Well, Mazda are actually starting to reproduce and supply all the service parts. Those again, they've been off the, the the price list and off the books for quite a while now. But they figure there is enough demand from owners of these cars to be worth bringing it back in and, and reintroducing, you know, reintroducing those parts. Supposedly, in 2020, there were 8,000 second generation, 16,000 third generation cars still on the road in Japan alone, let alone North America. Uh, and, and Europe cracking stuff. That's good. I like to hear that kind of thing. It makes. Yeah. I like it when companies look after sort of heritage customers and stuff. In a small way, it shows it's not just about flogging new cars yeah. all the time.
1: I would suggest that that's also pretty important environmentally, that when people hmm. are not being forced to extract more new materials and keep what's existingly been dug out the ground going.
0: It, it is a rotary Mazda, so the no, chances are, are that offsets. in actual fact it's more polluting <laughs> running it. You know, it's one of the few times when it's cheaper to when it's it's cheaper for the environment to to build new cars than than to uh, than to keep old ones running.
1: And it, it, by the way, if if you do not own a, a Mazda RX-7, and this is of no interest from that point, if you do click through because there's some really lovely photographs on the mm. article <laughs> showing the cars in action, as it were.
0: Yeah, they're really nice. Uh, but obviously, Toyota's doing this as as well, and and so it's 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 becoming yeah. a bit of and Mazda. Um, has done. I think Nissan are too. Yeah, b- building older parts. So which is which is cracking stuff. It good is. Stuff. It is good.
1: Right. New news. Unfortunately, we're going to have to mention uh, lockdown. Mm-hmm. But this is more to bring to your attention that there is a a really good article on Autocar that helps explain and take us through the minefield of what we are and are not allowed to use our cars for uh, during this current as of today brand new lockdown that we're all in that is slightly more complicated than the last lockdown which was everybody stay home this one's a little bit more nuanced than that so some things you can still do like MOTs Mm -hmm. you can do click and collect if you've bought a car but there's no test drives Driving tests are also going to be postponed and things like that. So do have do click through the link and have a read-through because it is important stuff and none of us want to do any of this wrong and potentially cause a problem that adds to the uh, woes of putting the NHS under pressure.
0: Yeah, and, and it's, it, it's so hard to tell what's right and what's wrong, to be honest. Mm. The rule of thumb from all of this is if it's something you need to do, it's allowed – if it's something you don't need to do, it's not allowed. Yes. So one of the questions asked in this autocar article is can I go for a drive? The answer is no. Not really. Not unless you not unless it is part of needing to do something else. Yeah. I think is is that the is only answer yep. there. And even then you shouldn't be going far or anything like that. So no, it's
1: do the thing and come back again. Yes, sadly.
0: Yes. I, I may not necessarily always take the shortest route to do the thing as much out of mechanical sympathy as anything else
1: Mm -hmm. but alan uh, continuing along with the pandemic and lockdowns uh, we have been warned haven't we to watch out for things
0: we have as always when something big happens then uh, no matter how miserable and terrible it is there are always some scamming sods trying to make an illegal buck off off the back of it do watch out by the way emails text calls people pretending to be the dvla to get you to update your account details or any of the other things uh, or to give them your account details so that they, they can take VD direct debits, these kind of things. Yeah. That's exactly that They're trying to get in on that. So as always, DVLA are saying that they will never ask for bank or credit card details via text message or email. So if you ever receive anything like that, it's a scam. All the usual things about, you know keeping your security and phishing and all these things apply if it's from blah 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 123456789 at hotmail.com it's unlikely to be an official email from the dvla
1: yeah no matter what they say of oh my work's down but i've still got to get this out etc
0: exactly typos spelling mistakes all the usual stuff just remember that be
1: very wary of any links within an email if it's Mm. asking you to just check that you've paid your your VED, go in via the website separate. Yeah. Put it into the search bar uh, to go to um, VED payment and do it that way. Don't click a link on an email if you can help it. Yeah. Just in case, just in case.
0: Absolutely. That's, that's our consumer advice for the day, isn't it? Uh,
1: yeah, I think so. Scary. I know. But now I'm going to talk about um, cough medicine. No, sorry, uh, FCA and PSA merger, or Stellantis. Feels it. Feels <laughs> It's either it's either Cov Medicine or it's a it's a ferry it's, it's, company. It's, it's worse <laughs> it's than that.
0: So I was thinking about that. Now that you brought that up, uh, I was thinking about that earlier on and I was thinking, well, you know, it's not really a car company name, is it? And then I thought, no, of course it's not going to be a car company name because they're going to say they're a mobility company. Mm. And I thought, it's still not that. It's a construction company.
1: Yeah, okay. is a
0: con- it's either a drug company for all your, you know thrush needs or it's or it's a construction company it's not mobility no anyway Mm. sorry now i'll let you get on with the story now i've voiced that particular opinion
1: well rather rather quickly because it it's been felt like it's been a done deal for quite some time but it's official now that psa and fiat chrysler are joining together because the shareholders of both firms have approved the move the EU had uh, the EU uh Monopoly Commission, or uh, was it Monopoly Commission? Whichever one I is to so, do with yeah. checking, that sort of thing. They had said that it was okay, what seemed rather quickly, uh, towards the back end of last year. <laughs> but whatever. They'd approved it. I think it's been given the go-ahead in America as well. They don't have any objections. So I think the final thing was their own shareholders. And they've approved it so we're going to have, what is, it, is this the third biggest group, car group in the world now? Behind Toyota I and uh, so, the VW Volkswagen. group?
0: Yeah. I think so, yeah. They, they didn't just approve it. There was 99%.
1: I think you're going to have to be really quite, there's going to be some fundamental reason why you would be objecting to this, it seems to me. Yeah. Particularly if you're FCA. <laughs> if you oh, see yeah. shareholder and then they must have been rushing to to, to sign and say yes please oh, but goodness. what we're going to see is yeah. we're going to see lots of shared platforms uh, economies of scale which PSA seem to be very good at the way that they've done it with Opel and Vauxhall they've made big strides because Vauxhall made a profit so we can see this we're going to see shared uh, electric Uh, and electrification across the range so i think it's exciting because uh, peugeot cars are are really quite good at the moment the design's good the technology and it's good the the materials the finishes all good so hopefully that just passes out and and in whatever brand it is it's amplified in their particular Mm -hmm. way so
0: yes agreed agreed i
1: want more choice you know this we we all want more choice which is tricky we? when? Well, I think so. I think we do because then it makes the the competition improve. You have to improve unless they all go garbage.
0: Well, the, the trouble is that they're all there's not necessarily that competition in this case, isn't it? And you end up with the the situation there was in in the sort US in the seventies and eighties where you've really only got three manufacturers, and in actual fact, you and they all get lazy. I but I think the that likes that way.
1: of Hyundai, Kia. Mm. are a good kick to them because how quickly have they shot up from you know this is a budget bit of tin from southeast asia to oh actually that's it's really rather cantina. nice yeah <laughs> and i prefer that to my typical brand
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's true that's so. that's very true one i'm not sure if it is if it's if it's a side effect of this or if this had always been the plan i i slightly doubt it had been but one side of part of this is that the plant which since it was formed in 2002 has been a joint venture between psa and toyota in the czech republic obviously making the Igo 107 and c1 is now wholly owned by toyota i don't think that PSA, and ultimately Stellantis will have any lack of plants with some spare space in them. Uh, So so that means that the the likelihood is, of course, that the next 107, 108, uh, and C1 will, of course, be, be based on a Stellantis platform, which I'm sure would be the same one that would underpin anything from Vauxhall, Opel, and Fiat, and possibly even Lancia let's let's say let's branch it out there leaving only the iGo with toyota which is which is a curious thought because a segment cars don't make an awful lot of money for anybody really mm. so that sort of leaves that actually you know traditionally i would have said the iGo was safer than the others but who knows in the same breath it's worth saying that, they, that that plant isn't expected to close they're going to bring in to introduce uh, tnga so the new global architecture uh, and they're going to uh, start building the latest version of the yaris because there's so much demand it seems that um valenciennes in france can't necessarily keep up uh, as well as continuing building the triplets uh, for the time being but we'll see what happens next i think
1: be interesting to see if toyota go down the route of a city ev you know with a with a limited yeah. mileage and therefore keeping the cost to the consumer down you know a, a little bit like the honda but except for the price wasn't really that well low.
0: and the mazda you see and the mm-hmm. cx30 uh, not cx uh, mx30 Again, that sort of limited range, keep the cost down. I I think it's, what do I really think about that? I think there's a chance of that. Yeah. Because that's really the situation it would come through. I
1: mean, that's that's the only way I can see uh, A segment continuing.
0: I think a cut down Yaris platform, and I wouldn't be surprised if Toyota were the first to do an A segment hybrid Mm. just because they've got all the tech. Yeah, and that they could marry a very small engine, just yep. literally, just literally shrink it in a cut down. You know, the global architecture lets you be, lets you, lets you select things like widths and, and lengths and stuff. Supposedly, from what I've been told about it in the past. Yeah, so, so a, a sub Yaris, which then to so use that platform, lots of bit sharing, and then the bits that aren't shared tend to be much, much tinier. than than is in the new Yaris, because new Yaris has really quite nice plastics and stuff, which is a bit of a novelty in the Yaris, to be honest.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right, I am going to take us to BMW and a Mm. story that came out just before Christmas, but after we'd done our last uh, news show of the year. And that is that the story was that BMW was going to put up on digital advertising hoardings the out-of-warranty status of vehicles that were stopped at traffic lights that had said advertising hoardings near them. However, BMW have clarified and said that there will be no personalization visible on the advert and no vehicle or customer data is stored or retained. Now, I'm, mm, I'm not convinced by that because... The wording originally was that we will...
0: Yeah, it was going to be personalised messages originally.
1: They would be. And as for the no vehicle or customer data is stored or retained, that's just blatantly wrong if they were going to be putting up those messages because it's somewhere in the system that would
0: happen. It has to. It has to. Well, to know it's a BMW.
1: Because they have to access it and all the rest of it. So this looks to me like it was not fully considered by everyone involved, and then once they've realised, oops, we've dropped quite a clangour here, because us Brits don't react well to being, I don't know, possibly embarrassed in public.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're not French or German. We're not that bad, but, but yeah, the, the idea... <laughs> well, we're not
1: just... going burn to the, burn the local town down. As burn a the signs. <laughs> burn. But we won't be happy. No. And this was on the back of a few other things that have happened in... BMW social media which has been a little bit bizarre I think is the best way to put it yes. uh, and I hope I hope that this has now caused BMW to to pause on some of its ideas and think right okay we need to think through these a bit more before we announce them and try to implement them yeah let's just see yeah, let's see what the re- what see what they actually do end up doing because if because putting that information on a billboard does invade personal identification, personally identifiable yeah. information.
0: Yes, even to the stage of you drive a slightly old BMW, which seems to be the yeah. level they're going to now. But yes, yeah. well, yeah, it it always it always smacks a little bit of perfect curve to me. <laughs> That's what I always think of when you get these things coming up with ideas around a ping pong table. Uh, if mm-hmm. you don't know what I'm talking about, that's a W one A reference. A uh, dude, look look that up on whatever iPlayer or Net- yeah, I, I don't even think it's on Netflix. But iPlayer sure I personally, yeah. it makes it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that brings us to that point in the show, which we affectionately call Guilt Minute where we ask for a tad of financial support to keep the lights on and the hosting running. If you feel the Motoring Podcast is worth a small consideration every month, then you can become a patron. Different levels of patron include different levels of commitment from us to you, including being able to watch the show recorded live. We also have a small range of merchandise available from our website and Teespring store from stickers to mugs and t-shirts if you don't have any spare cash and we completely understand then can help us by subscribing for free from a podcast player to receive every show as they're released and by liking and rating the show in whatever way your podcast supplier lets you if you've done all of that and some of you do so thanks very much then the last thing you can do is recommend us to your friends and colleagues And just to leverage the recommendation I made about watching W1A, then supposedly you can see it on BritBox, I'm told.
1: Okay. Formula E news, Alan?
0: Yeah. Formula E news. First up, Santiago postponed. Yeah, That's the first bit. Yeah. Basically, you're not allowed to go from the UK to Chile. In fact, you're not allowed to go to Chile if you've been in the UK in the last 14 days. That was going to make the logistics way too difficult. Because you can't really get from the UK to anywhere to not be in the UK for 14 days,
1: right at the minute. And there was so many. And, and the thing is, it's just a, it's a reminder of how many teams are based in the UK.
0: Absolutely, yeah. M- most of them is the answer. Yes. Other than the German ones, Nissan and, and Venturi, then then they're all they're all UK based. Yeah, they're all based at Doddington, really. Yeah. But some at least they Yeah, potential this sounds- good news. This sounds really cool, and I would hope that this was... Can you imagine if this was a night race? So they're saying that there have been some really positive meetings about Formula E in uh, Tokyo and Yokohama. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. It gets properly Gran Turismo and some of those city circuits.
1: I bet the support race are those Mario Karts, of people dressed in those Mario
0: Karts? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 they're definitely not Mario Karts. Not Mario, nothing to do with Nintendo. <laughs> So there have been lots of, of discussions about this, it seems. They've been very, very favourable. It obviously wouldn't happen between the 23rd of July and August the 8th, because that's when the Olympics are meant to be taking place in Tokyo. But it would be rather cool. It would be really good. I mean, certainly the chaps from, from Nissan, EDAM's team, think that this would be absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Um, to have To have a home race, really. Yeah,
1: it does. It seems sensible to try and tack it to as close to possible when they're in China uh, Mm -hmm. and stuff. So, you know, if that's happening this season, you know, there's so much up in the air again, so we don't know.
0: Uh, But that would be so cool. As I say, especially if it was a night race. I mean, yeah, Yeah. just Just amazing.
1: Right, talking of things up in the air, we won't find out until Thursday if Monte Carlo rally is actually going to go ahead. If it does go ahead, what will be the restrictions, etc.? Because the ever-changing, not as ever-changing as Britain, but the ever-changing picture across Europe uh, and in France in particular uh, in this instance. So we need to sit with fingers and toes crossed. It can happen in some shape or form even if it is behind closed doors, uh, which seems likely it is going to be behind closed doors, as it were. Mm-hmm. From a, yeah, But there's talks of potential curfews. The race will have to be all packed up by six o'clock uh, in the evening. They can't start until six in the morning, so that's going to compress when things can happen yeah. uh, and where they can happen. I, I mean, it's, it's not going to take place uh, until the 21st of January anyway, and mm-hmm. I am sure... They are on to many multiples of plans when mm-hmm. it comes to ideas of how they can still make it happen up until they get to a certain point and they just have to say, Look, it's it's not viable now from a spectator sponsor's driver's TV's point of view. It's just not it. Yeah. It is better to postpone rather than to put out a half baked product for people to try and enjoy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure that there'll be, you know, as you say, non-stop discussion with the the government of Outmaty uh, team I think it is.
1: I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um but Alan, you have some very good news if we like to watch the television box.
0: I do. Yes. Uh, no we no lunchtime read this this week so we're giving you a evening watch or something. Depends that works on what me. Yeah. Uh Salvage Hunter's classic cars returns. Tomorrow, which will be the night you get you see this, so Wednesday the 6th at nine PM on Quest TV. If you have Discovery Plus, which is twenty-one ninety-nine for a year, apps, then uh you can watch the whole thing already. But yeah, the the actual show goes out for free on FreeView and all the other ways you can watch tele, I suppose. Tomorrow night at nine PM, five episodes. Uh also, if you want to know more about it. Then special edition on Friday. Um, I spent some time this afternoon chatting with Paul. Lucky kid. Well, there was chatting with Paul, and then there was actually chatting on topic about Salvage Hunter's Classic Cars with Paul, which made up a very small percentage of that time. But yes, I'll chat with Paul about that and hopefully answer all those questions which you might have. Excellent. And some others which you probably haven't.
1: (laughs) Yes. Right. Uh, Our first list of the... (laughs) our first list of the week for 2021 is american themed because it's from jalopnik but it's talking about the 25 year rule that they have in the u.s about uh, importing vehicles so they are looking at cars from 1996 that really you shouldn't if it waste the opportunity to bring a car from '96 these are not the ones to do it on they feel yeah and there's, there is a fantastic list of cars. Some of them, I, I mean, I like the first, this, the the first Toyota. I didn't realise was a thing, um, which I think is going to run throughout a lot of this because it's American.
0: Which one? Uh, the oh, sorry, which which one's the first?
1: Uh, not not the top picture.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh God,
1: The top picture. But number two, it says two of twenty-seven. Hang on, it's I've just got, the name I, I've of that. One. Oh, I didn't realise it was a thing.
0: Oh, oh, the Toyota. Yeah, well, it's a it's a Japanese version of a Chevy Cavalier, I think. Yeah, so that that's what it is. It's the Toyota Cavalier. Okay, it was an American car exported to Japan. So why on earth someone would re-import it again, but with Toyota badges on is just bizarre. Yeah, I'm now having to rev- revise my choice because I had also chosen a Toyota, but it was a European one. Oh. Oh, so many choices. Uh let's
1: have Well, I can think of more, my word.
0: I'll just go for the one I was going to choose, which is the Toyota picnic. So I don't know why anyone would ever want to take a imported import a Toyota picnic into the US. It's <laughs> just the wrong vehicle for it.
1: Yes. Yes. There are lots more for you to run through and go, Yeah, I wouldn't import that either.
0: There really are. And there's a few out <laughs> I wouldn't back. import them into
1: Britain, let alone America. <laughs>
0: I know, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there are just some some shockers in there, uh, but it's a really good list and It's kind of fun to look through and just see what what rubbish people might consider importing. It's like when you see that U.S. servicemen here have brought across stuff like three door Focus saloons, or <laughs> there was what was there around here? It wasn't even a Toyota Solara. It was it was a Kia. It was a Kia Rio, but the U.S. version, mm-hmm. and it was just like what what why it's just worse in every single way why would you think a left-hand drive one of those is a clever thing to bring across even if it's being shipped for free you just wouldn't but there we are
1: right take us to the end finally help the singles in our
0: audience this is yes well first of all first of all i would like to thank the news press business journalist of the year 2020 and the news press automotive technology writer of the year 2020, Alex Grant, for forwarding this press release to us.
1: I'm sure this will go in his application next year.
0: <laughs> I know. This This has to, I mean, d- the, the thing is I can't consumer even Consumer find...
1: advice, this one. He's going for consumer jobs Oh, journalist.
0: absolutely. So, a... And I'm going to mention them because it's so ridiculously stupid that I, I, and somebody commissioned it that I feel I should get some advertising out of it. But a a car registration seller called Click4Reg commissioned a study. <laughs> and what they did was they created two Tinder accounts, uh, one male and one female, and they included a whole range of cars in there as part of the you know in the background of the profile picture with the same chap and the same lady pictured in in front of them to put on their profiles the aim of this was to find out which was the most most attractive car to tinder users and which would make them more likely to to swipe right so (laughs) the answer is by the way the most attractive and this if this gives you to you know if you care the most attractive car to tinder users is the mercedes-benz c-class so if you have one of those in the background of your profile picture then uh, there is a 72.6 percent chance that you they will swipe swipe right on you as opposed to swiping left
1: did they say which age of c-class no. that's that's a wide no, gambit. They, they
0: didn't <laughs> because one of the things they say is if you've got an older car then it's less light then you're less likely to be um to 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 get a swipe right Okay.
1: That is a high percentage of swipes though.
0: Yeah, but even the lowest here was still over 50%. Second lowest was the Hyundai i10 with 157 out of 300 swipes, I think. So yeah, what they didn't do. There is there is a you see to me there's a huge flaw in this, which is if you're the kind of person that insists on including your car in your profile picture <laughs> on Tinder. <laughs> what does that do to all of it because I know that not even I would include car in the background of a tinder
1: profile no it would picture. just you know, be the profile picture
0: it would just be the profile <laughs> picture and that ladies and gentlemen is why i'm still single but possibly the reason i'm still single is because the least that's not the case alan oh thank you uh because the least the least popular car of them all was the toyota yaris yes thank you which is why it got set we have a drink place. of
1: sympathy for that one a not, drink not of sympathy. <laughs>
0: Another reason not to have your car in the background. Uh, but yes, not exactly the world's most scientific survey, but yes, there it is.
1: <laughs> well, at least, at least we've started the year off with a bit of fun.
0: Yeah, they did another one, by the way, where it was what was the, most, what was the car most likely to make people swipe right or swipe left. And it, it's not listed in that, in that list. Uh, and it was the BMW i8. So I did wonder what happened if you just had a picture of BMW i8 as your profile picture on Tinder. Probably actually more successful than having a face pic.
1: <laughs> well, it is the future.
0: Something. Well, yes, the future. Yesterday, sadly. Yes. Yes. Anyway, that rounds us pretty much round us up for this week. A couple of quick parish notes. There were two special editions out uh, over the festive period first one was the my Mercedes W124, all about that and lots of chatting and reminiscing and just generally being a bit silly. Thank you to everyone who said very nice things about that. Yes, thank you. Uh, the other one was the Not in a Pubcast, which was our annual prediction show because we hadn't done that in the run up to Christmas, obviously. Uh, so we managed to recreate all the atmosphere of a Zoom call. Street Beyond call in our case. So rather than the gentle susurrations of a of a pub it was lots of crackles and stuff. So apologies for the, the audio quality there. It's how it is when it comes to doing online calls. I think we all know that now. But thanks to everyone for taking part in that. It's it's really good. Some great reactions to last year's <laughs> <laughs> last year's predictions and also and also some, some good ones for twenty twenty one, I think. Uh, as well,
1: yeah. We think we think now. Give it a week.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know <laughs> okay, who I'm had meteor hits the,
1: the, hits the planet. I'm I'm quite
0: chuffed with my 2021 one so far, but for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> there was a zoom zoomers over christmas there's another one next week it was meant to be last night but we didn't because it would have clashed with boris uh here in the uk uh and and his his hilarious announcements uh, and i mean hilarious in the not fun at all uh meaning of the word yeah that's about it oh yeah and special edition this week i've already mentioned it uh so yes uh television's Paul Kerland. and a little bit of talk about uh about savage hunter's classic cars <laughs> That does us for this week. Hopefully, we'll be a little slicker next week.
1: (laughs) Well, let's not make wild promises, Alan. No, exactly.
0: We've we've not been very slick for the last five years, so why start now? Uh, But don't forget that between now and next week, you can give us any feedback and share your thoughts for the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Don't forget about our Patreon offer available at motoringpodcast.com and all the other ways to support us at com slash support please leave a review and rating on apple podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing andrew in the meantime what's the best way to get in touch with you
1: best way to get in touch with me is via twitter if you search for crack windscreen you should find me there and alan if people would like to get in touch with you personally and ask you perhaps about the nicest man on tv to do with cars and you can't answer until friday what's the best way for them to do that
0: personally I think I follow that. But anyway, the best way to get in touch with me personally is Twitter, where I'm at AJPBradley. That's B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. We'll be back uh, before very long. But until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues, And safe motoring.